few of you might know this, but my wardrobe is packed with shoes. In fact, it's not just my wardrobe. My hallway, living room, kitchen, and bathroom are literally teeming with trainers. You name it, I probably own it. So can you imagine how excited I was during lockdown that I could still get my trainer fix and the shopping experience I love without leaving the house? That's thanks to the power of augmented reality on Snapchat. With Snap AR, businesses can transform how they connect with customers like you and me and the results they deliver. And did you know that more than 200 million Snapchatters use AR every day on average? So if you're in the shoe business or any other business for that matter and want to connect with an engaged audience, you need to visit forbusiness.snapchat.com forward slash OYS and tap into the power of Snap AR today. Hello, I'm Arvin Hickman and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. Christmas has arrived early. Well, that is if you work in Adland. In the past week, we have seen an unprecedented number of Christmas ads launch, including John Lewis, in the first week of November. Is it too early? And why are they running so early? Which Christmas campaigns have hit the mark and which ones have fallen flat? In this special episode of the Campaign Podcast, I'm joined by our work and inspiration editor, Imogen Watson, AMV BBDO Chief Creative Officer, Alex Grieve, and Droga 5 Creative Director, Charlene Chandra-Sakaran, to discuss Christmas ads and more. Welcome, Imogen, Alex, and Charlene. Hello. Hello. Hi. Now, Imogen, you've been really busy in the past week writing a lot of ads, <laughs> about a lot of ads, I should say. Um <laughs> How many? How many dropped on Thursday itself? Oh my lord! I, it was it was a lot. I was on Monday, and I realized about seven ads were dropping on Thursday, and you're like, and they were all like, you know, IKEA and M and S and whatnot. So it was pretty. It was a pretty hectic day. I slept very well Thursday night. <laughs> I can imagine you did. Uh, it's really interesting that so many have dropped on the same day, mm. and also that so many have dropped so early. Is this a bit unprecedented? I mean, can you remember a, a previous Christmas? ad period where so many dropped this soon? No, not at all. And I just want to highlight, you know, very dropped theirs back in October the 1st, <laughs> 85 days before uh, Christmas, which is pretty crazy. But basically it opened up the debate on whether like it's appropriate to launch, when it's appropriate to launch a Christmas campaign. And they justified it by saying that their search data suggested people were eager to start their shopping early this year. Um, I, I Not that I'm a big fan of turkey, but it sounds like everyone's pretty much pre-bought their turkey already. Um, it just seems that everyone is just after last year when, you know, Boris the Grinch and a stole Christmas. Um, it feels that people are just very keen and very eager to start as soon as possible. I'd like to get um, Alex and Charlene's view on this. Why are so many Christmas campaigns running so early? Alex, we'll start with you. Why are they running so early? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I'm, and I'm not entirely sure I agree with it either. I mean, I'm afraid without sounding like a Grinch, I am one of those people who gets, when you see kind of supermarkets decked out in Christmas baubles at the beginning of October, my heart always kind of sinks. I agree. <laughs> because, you know, I love Christmas, but I think, you know, you can have too much of a build-up, can't you? So um, it kind of takes away from, I mean, the last thing you want is Christmas fatigue a month before Christmas, which is kind of the danger here. Um, I suspect there's an element of kind of herd mentality going on that when ads launch, other brands feel that they need to get in that space as well so they don't let don't get left behind. And I, and I think potentially that's a mistake as well. One of the um, things I remember when we were doing all the Sainsbury's Christmas ads is that 
they had a thing that they would never release their Christmas ad till after Armistice Day on November the 14th, which gave it a kind of late entry into the market and actually, uh, I think, uh, gave it more kind of fanfare and attention. So in, in my opinion, I think more brands should wait. What, what's your take on this, Charlene? Oh, my God. I'm sorry to say I'm the complete opposite. I'm probably <laughs> the wrong person to have on this podcast, to be honest, uh, which I should have told you before. Thanks for letting us know. Yeah. Too late now. Too late now. Just because, like, to be honest with you, I bloody love Christmas. And after last year, I can understand why a a lot of people would be really keen to sort of start it a little bit earlier. Maybe starting a little bit as early as very was a bit too early. But, I mean, we all need something to look forward to. I'm desperately looking forward to Christmas, so I didn't mind it, to be honest. But I can, like, I think there's a little bit more respect for um, a Christmas ad when it is doing something like you know rather than doing it before Halloween just like letting certain points in the calendar just play out and then coming out is a little bit more palatable but um, no I'm a big fan I would have it earlier if I had it my way (laughs) there is two types of people in this world isn't there (laughs) (laughs) did you guys reckon that it's tactical did you think some you know marketer trying to get that out there sooner because perhaps they're like looking at some of the supply chain issues and, and they sort of want to get their messages out there so people can get you know ahead of ahead of the curve when it comes to christmas or is, is there anything more to it than that i mean I, I don't know about you charlene i don't have full oversight of clients media packages and things like that so it's um, I'm, I'm speculating here uh, I think supply chains may have something to do with it so people just want to get people buying as soon as possible there may be a thing that perhaps the media is slightly cheaper in October so if you start early you're not paying those kind of peak prices I, I certainly know that the closer you get to Christmas the more expensive those spots get so maybe there's a bit of Christmas bargain hunting going on um, I think it's just a commercial thing isn't it they want to try and extract as much cash out of Christmas as possible because they've missed out on a few or a year. And so it's probably about maximizing profits, I would think. Just for like, oh, we're all cynical in this industry sometimes, but like a lot of people probably just are looking forward to it. It's just something to look forward to. A lot of people don't really have, you know, haven't had loads to look forward to this year and actually just something to just give them a marker in the year just to, you know, cheer them up. Ugh. The final question in, in terms of timing, do you think it, it is a bit risky going too soon? Do you think people sort of lose that buzz of the initial launch of an ad and, and it sort of loses its effect, especially especially with the food brands, you know, when you have to kind of buy the Christmas lunch and, and, and stuff a bit closer to the time? I think potentially. I think there is an argument to say that you, you log these things early, you kind of mentally getting brands in people's heads so they go on the shopping list. I mean... I think you can overthink these things. I think what really matters is is the kind of advertising any good because if it's good, it doesn't really matter at what point it arrives because you enjoy watching it. It's So that's, that's the acid test of everything, isn't it? It's like if something's irritating the hell out of me in October, it's still going to be <laughs> irritating the hell out of me in November and, and the, you know, vice versa. And for things like, you know, M&S Food has got seven chapters. So they're starting, they started last week, but every week they're going to drop a different ad and it's kind of the build up to Christmas. So it's kind of like a long plan to keep these people thinking about it. And, and I guess that point as well, I mean, it, it's really interesting. What do you think about the creative so far? I know we're going to touch on uh, or 
we're going to review some of the ads individually. But what are your impressions of the Christmas ads that you've seen that have landed so far? The reason why I ask that question is obviously last year we had COVID, uh, we had lockdown. You know, we were promised Christmas and we didn't quite get it delivered. So maybe the tone of those ads might have been a little bit different to what you might get this year. I'm just I'm just curious if you've noticed any trends in how the advertising and the creative has changed in the past year. I thought I saw like maybe it's just the order in which they went out this year, but it they felt like the ideas behind them weren't maybe as strong as maybe if I look back and think of some previous ads from previous years and stuff and then a couple of them surprised me. So, and that's just kind of how it plays out a lot of the time. It's just like some of them will hit the mark and then some of them don't. What I've noticed across the board, the sort of theme is just this big Christmas blowout. It's kind of like Christmas is here. Let's have the biggest Christmas we can have this year. It's very cheery. It's very triumphant. Uh, and that makes me feel a little bit weird because like COVID's still here. It's a very interesting point as to how should we be handling it, given the fact that, you know, we're not over the massive hurdle yet. Um, and I don't know, I'm quite a cynical Christmas person. So I, I'm looking for something with a bit more edge, really, something a bit more gritty, um, because, you know, everything so far has been this sort of overly cheerily festive. Um, so I'm hoping that Percy Pig encounters some pigs in blankets or something <laughs> to um, bring some edge to Christmas this year. What's your take, Alex? I mean, I think we're in trouble. I've got to be honest. I'm going to be, I'm like the kind of nasty judge, Craig Rebel Hallwood on Strictly here. <laughs> we do like that on the so, campaign um, podcast, by the way. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's going to be booing me at home. But um, I would say the big difference this year is the indifference to the work. And listen, this is a kind of straw poll of me and my small bubble, but it's also having a look around. I just don't think people actually are as interested or excited about the whole Christmas ad moment signalling the start of Christmas. And I think there's a little bit of a kind of industry delusion going on that this is the case. Uh, You know, people's, yes, everyone's looking forward to Christmas, but people's, they're they're preoccupied, people are worried, people are concerned, and, you know, they're not really counting down the moment to when the John Lewis ad arrives. Well, I don't see that as much. Most of my friends don't, my close friends don't work in the industry, which I think is very useful. And in most years previously, you know, they've spoken, oh, when's the Christmas ad coming? What's going on? And then there's kind of, I get texts, oh, I like this one, I don't like this one. I mean, this year I've just had nothing. And it was interesting when kind of before I did the reviewing campaign and I'd kind of forgotten Christmas was arriving as well. So I could see it echoing in in my own life. And And I think I think is a shame is the response to that kind of situation, a kind of perhaps mass indifference, is that the work needs to be super elevated and to cut through and to have, as you say, some edge. And and I think this year, if I'm being kind, it's just been a bit of a damp square. We, we talk about this being our Super Bowl moment. I would say this is more like, you know, the Zenith Data Systems Cup moment. <laughs> to kind of reference an old football trophy from the 1980s. It's like, I think we need to step up our game massively in doing differentiating, interesting, cut-through work for Christmas and reclaim that moment as the Super Bowl because we're not there at the moment. Well, not all the ads have been bad. I mean, some of them have been quite good. And we're going to run through some of the ones that have dropped in the past week in our ad review. Right, so Imogen, let's start off with Boots. Give us a rundown of the Boots ad. 
So it's BMLYNR and it's called Bags of Joy and it stars Jenna Coleman uh, from Victoria, Doctor Who and The Serpent. And essentially the whole premise is she's gifted this kind of Mary Poppins style-esque bag uh, by her gran on the run up to Christmas. And the bag just basically keeps giving her lots of Boots products, uh, which she gifts to people throughout the ad. Happy Christmas, Nan. Oh, this is what love smells like. It's three minutes long, so it's quite a lengthy one. Um, but I heard a lot of people in the office were crying, so I obviously touched some some parts. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled a few heartstrings. Alex, did it pull your heartstrings? No, it did not. <laughs> but then I have I have a heart of stone, perhaps. I think Boots are trying to do something bigger and, uh, for want of a better word, slightly more epic. I, I kind of applaud the time length. I'm not sure it totally sustains a three-minute spot, but um, it's thrown some money at the problem. If nothing else, I think Jenna Coleman is, I didn't really need it proved to me, but it's, she is a good actress. She performs this kind of spot well. It's, for me, it's just a bit overtly commercial. I found the kind of littering of Boots products through it slightly gratuitous, slightly consumerist. And it, and it just feels slightly lazy as an idea that you is kind of buy everything you need for everyone you know in your life from Boots, which doesn't seem to suggest you're putting much thought into anything. Although it's trying to present an emotional kind of story, it's it's really selling to my wallet rather than to my heart. Uh, I think that's it, isn't it? I mean, the, the moment between uh, Jenna Coleman and her nan um, was kind of the punchline, wasn't it? It was kind of the moment you're waiting for, but it did take a while to get there. I'm just wondering, Charlene, I mean, how does this type of three-minute ad get diced up in, into into typical spots and will it be as effective aside from the ad itself i'm just not a fan of the three minute ad like it takes a lot to sort of retain someone's attention for three minutes to to watch jenna coleman sort of like pondering about what present to get her nan <laughs> and then get to the nan after three minutes it's just a long it's a long it's a lot to ask of people if I personally and obviously i would say this and everyone would have their own opinion of kind of how they would do it better but um i probably would have gone a bit more ott with what was coming out of the bag like just to elevate it and add a bit of levity to it i think it just got a little bit too strung out maybe it is beautifully shot and it does feel like they are stepping up their game like alex was saying and i mean for me personally the bag the leather boots bag i was very interested i was like oh my god they should sell that <laughs> that was a highlight yeah the bag the leather bag that looked a bit mulberry but not yeah i like that that was my highlight moving from bags to percy pigs <laughs> can you take us through the MS food ad imogen so this is the first work that gray's done christmas wise for uh MS food since it was taken well made project based and, and they took the creative in-house um and essentially it's the first time in 30 years um that they've actually brought percy pig to life and he's voiced by tom holland um and there's a, a very well put together don french fairy uh who basically accidentally brings him to life and then he sort of on his trotters runs around the food hall Tiny fairy lady. Hello, Percy. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas. Christmas? I've never had a Christmas before. Woohoo! Oh, now I've done it. Percy! Wait! <laughs> mm, what's that? Collection Golden Blonde Christmas Pudding. I've never seen anything so beautiful in all my 23 seconds of life. 
I guess with M&S, you know, there's only so many ways you can show this isn't just M&S food and they found a new way of doing it. Um, but uh, as I said previously, it's got seven chapters. So it's just the first one um, and there'll be six more to go up until the new year. Wow, that's really interesting they've got seven chapters. I mean, my personal take on this one, I never really imagined what Percy Pig would be like if he was brought to life. And I have to say, it was a massive letdown. So I can't imagine how many more chapters they need. Oh, I thought he was quite cute. Really? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> ma- maybe because I'm Aussie, I don't have the same you know, natural affection for Percy Pig that, that people over here might have. Alex, what was your take on that ad? Well, I do think it's quite clever using Percy Pig and bringing him to life. It, it just seemed to me that the idea stops there. So strategically, interesting. But then... Spend some time developing his character. And at the moment, it's, it's just a walk through various kind of Christmas puddings and turkey and stuff like this. Nothing happens. The story doesn't go anywhere. I don't, I don't really come to love Percy the Big. And in fact, the few moments where he's allowed to kind of be himself and develop a personality where he goes, you know, for the 23 seconds I've been alive or whatever. Just imagine if they'd committed to that and just told an actual story about Percy Pig and things like that. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not naive enough to believe that you don't need to sell products, but I do think it doesn't need to be quite so gratuitous. And I, and I really think that they've missed an opportunity to develop a character and to make him more lovable and more interesting. It's this thing again at Christmas, the really great Christmas ads of the past have as their first priority the responsibility to entertain it is a gift from the brand to the public at Christmas. It is not a moment to go hard sell on honey glazed ham and turkey and stuff like that. And I know it's for M&S food, but there could have been a higher concept around Percy Pig. So I was excited and then massively disappointed. What's your take, Charlene? Are you a fan of the Percy Pig character? Well... I was kind of hoping it would take a little bit, a bit of a dark or philosophical turn. Yeah. Like I, when they were like, oh, come and have a, whatever the pig said, come and have a look over here in this sort of refrigerated bit. And I was kind of hoping it was going to be like pigs in blankets or some honey roast ham or something. And then Percy Pig would have some existential crisis about what it actually means to be Christmas and he's actually a pig like just something just to give it a little bit of <laughs> how much longer he's got on this earth <laughs> yeah how much longer and then you just see this story playing out in the next uh, however many episodes and stuff like, i don't know mm, that would have been so much better i'm intrigued by the seven chapters because it could be it's where it goes from here yeah, well sure. yeah it starts with the salmon then he gets shown the the pigs in blanket. i wish but and then I, he ends up as a pig in blanket <laughs> yeah well, just, just something i don't know but like i think i think with those kind of things i feel like I really do feel like they've spent a lot of the money on talent in that. Mm. And actually, I would I would know uh, Dawn French's voice. So I get that. But I would never guess Tom Holland. Yeah, it's yeah, just a that voice. Was, that's the way they teased it. Cause they, they, they did it the day before on TikTok. And the whole thing is they were trying to get their TikTok base to guess who was the voice. And I don't think anyone actually did guess it. What a waste of money. Like you could have spent that on actually, you know, developing a better storyline or I don't I mean I haven't seen all the other episodes so let's see let's see if he has that existential crisis or not mm. but it just how dark something. we all are I know it'd have been funny though <laughs> we want to break Percy <laughs> <laughs> right next on our list is Amazon give us a rundown so Amazon uh, is a sort of follow-on from their ballerina uh, campaign from last year and if the lucky generals um, and they were one of the only brands to take a sort of realistic take on Christmas during a pandemic um, and to be honest, for me, I really, 
appreciated them approaching anxiety of the nation. Um, and I really liked the way that they created it throughout the ad. Um, but it tells the story of a young woman who's returning to normal life um, from the challenges of the past year and discovering uh, the power of kindness. Um, and yeah, it basically sort of, again, I think it's about a three minute film that goes through all her, her sort of going through all these different um, social situations and then you know she gets gifted a bird feeder from her neighbour um, at the end and Adele fans will be super excited because it debuted uh, uh, another one of her hotly anticipated uh, songs from her album Every day Initially, I thought I liked the idea that they are actually playing a realistic tone here. They're looking at people's anxieties mm. and it kind of sets something up. But then when it came to the bird thing, I was like, Really? Mm. <laughs> I know what you mean. It was a bit of a kind of like, that wouldn't really do much. <laughs> if you're I mean, I, I'd that probably think way. about a, a thousand things on Amazon that would relieve yeah. anxiety more than a bird feeder. Yeah. Charlene, what, what was your take? I didn't mind it. It's just, I, I think we're, we're sort of in a time where we're sort of being quite gratuitous with length all the time. And actually, there's something special about being able to tell a story in the most succinct amount of time. Like... I just don't think drag it, it might, maybe it suffers from the same uh, problems as uh, waiting for grandma to get her present. It just feels a bit long and drawn out. Alex, are you a fan of the bird feeder? No, no, I'm continuing my Christmas Grinch theme here. (laughs) Get it off your chest. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just trying to do too many things. It's like, there's a kind of purpose ad interwoven with some, Christmas mawkish sentimentality all wrapped up in a kind of overly long cinematic character study and I I don't know what's going on I I actually think it's a mistake getting into trying to get into a whole thing where they become the brand that kind of heroes the kind of epidemic of anxiety that's coursing through society at the moment listen there are from a craft perspective I think it's it's of a certain genre, but it's nicely done. The, you know, it's nicely performed. It's nicely shot. My overall thing about it is that I I think any kind of campaign you have to, it has to come from what the essence of the brand is. Now and listen, Amazon is many things and is hugely useful in all our lives. But my first impression of Amazon is not as a company that is imbued with kindness. This is a company that has zero hour contracts. It's got some idiot flight flying around in his penis shaped rocket <laughs> wasting billions of pounds it's like it's like amazon equals kindness it's not i don't think so it's trying too hard in, in on both spectrums it's trying too hard to inject a kind of uh level of purpose into it to make it seem serious and it's trying too hard to manufacture the kind of emotions in this storyline which doesn't really work Fair enough. Coming up, we've got Mars, Lidl and Disney. But right now, we're going to go to John Lewis. The big one every year, Imogen, give us a rundown. Their whole premise is that they're delivering joy this year with a tale of an unlikely friendship between a young boy called Nathan and a space traveller called Sky. 
Um, and essentially throughout the, the film, you see their unusual like friendship unfold and the shared moments they have that you sort of see the view of ma- the magic of Christmas through the eyes of someone who's never experienced it before. Um, and the song is a cover of Phil Oakley and Giorgio Morador's Together in Electric Dreams, uh, which was sung by Lola Young, a 20-year-old singer-songwriter from South London. So, yeah, the soundtrack's always quite an important part of, of the John Lewis ad. I only knew you for a while Christmas tree. I never saw your smile Till it was time to go Time to go away This is sometimes it's hard what was your take on it, Imogen? Because when I looked at it, I thought, you know, it's kind of like got a bit of Stranger Things, got a bit of E.T. vibes going on. I just didn't, didn't quite understand why now. Um, look, I, I thought it was a nice, nice looking ad, um, you know, a cute storyline. Wasn't really pulling at the heartstrings like previous John Lewis ads have, but... You know, they've, they've set a pretty high benchmark in the past. What, mm. what was your view on it? I mean, the reality of the John Lewis ad is you just have to go on Twitter and see what's trending on the day it's happening. And you see the hashtags, you see the actual real people it's intended for resonating with it. So it's one of those ones that I know the industry sort of loves to sort of take apart and whatnot. Um, I don't think it was the strongest ad they've ever done. Uh, I think that perhaps there were areas that I, I in a way I kind of hoped it would be like an alien like a baby Yoda or something I'm, I'm intrigued by the sort of more human alien itself but as I say you know um, yeah the intended audience it's for really resonated with it and perhaps that's what it's all about really interested to hear what our experts think let's <laughs> let's start with you Charlene so I know Alex probably has <laughs> a few grinchy moments left in him <laughs> oh well can I just say I've never made a Christmas ad before so I can only dream of sort of making something. Uh, And I feel like I quite liked the John Lewis. I mean, what I like is also I would love to be able to work on a brand like that where on the day it gets released, it becomes so polarizing and people are actually talking about it. Like that's amazing. Um, I feel like it got maybe unnecessarily dragged a little bit. Like it's an alien, it's an alien. Like I've just seen so many comments where it just felt like, I thought I think I saw one where it was like, it felt like a missed opportunity to inject some identity politics or something within to it. And I was like, God, I just want to see a little girl who looks like Eleven from Stranger Things slash the Empress from Neverending Story and making friends with a kid. Like it's, it is the John Lewis formula. I kind of liked it. I'm not offended by it, but you know, it's it's a high but it's a hard benchmark to sort of reach every year. It is, and I, I don't really understand why people are offended by it. Alex, what was your take? Well, I gave John Lewis in private view a bit of a kicking, and I, I think it's important on this thing actually that I not correct that because I stand by the decisions or the comments that I made, but just to put this whole thing in the context of all the other Christmas ads that are out there, because yeah, cards on the table. This is not my favourite John Lewis Christmas ad. Um, there are things around the story that I find a bit flat. I'm not sure the the little girl is the alien is the right choice. I mean, this is a subjective thing from my point of view. I, I, I thought first off when I saw it that this was a little girl who dressed up. I didn't even realise it was a kind of alien. It's, so there could have been more difference in how the alien kind of appeared. But But what I do want to say is that, yes, this may not be 
the very best John Lewis Christmas ad. It is still miles ahead of anything else that is out there. And we need to applaud the work that Rick Brim and everyone Adam and Eve has done in doing this. It is hard coming up with a formula year after year after year. And most years they'd get it right. And they're still leading the charge with this. So I think let's let's recognise what they've done, even if this isn't the very best. It's a fair point, isn't it? Because when you set the bar so high, people always look at that bar. But actually, maybe a better barometer of success is looking at the rest of the field and where it sort of sits in with that. Let's move along to an ad by Mars. Um, it's a bit of an unusual one here. Uh, it was an ad created by Taylor Herring, uh, where a creative comms agency, and it follows the story of the Lonely Bounty, an unwanted chocolate bar who struggles to find love at Christmas. Uh, so the storyline basically follows Bounty, who can't find a date online, being hated pretty much by the British public, which was based on some research. And he has a series of painful flashbacks, such as being alone at disco, being set up for a date, and a pink slipper pity party. Um, eventually, though, when he's bawling his eyes out, a Brussels sprouts happens to pass the window and waves hello. And lo and behold, he eventually finds love. Frosty wind made moan Earth stood hard as iron Water like a stone this, this was quite interesting. A bit of context here. The ad itself, the production, was on a very, very small budget. But, you know, a shoestring budget. And if, if you hear the, um, the tune, it, it's actually sung by the creative director of Taylor Herring, Laura Matier. And, and she's got an amazing voice, I have to say. It, it's actually incredible what, what they've done on a small budget. But, you know, what is your take? Charlene, let's start off with you. I actually like the, the, the insight and the truth that the bounty is always always the last one at the bottom it's like the 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 one that sort of withstands like february and march and then you eventually eat it um <laughs> I, I i liked i liked that a lot and i can understand the budget restrictions and i love the fact that the creative director got involved and started singing um maybe the executionally maybe could have been stronger um maybe maybe personally i would have done it slightly differently but i would have loved that the the worst chocolate and the second worst chocolate met up and then they created a hybrid chocolate which you could then buy in the tub like a new sort of hybrid one in the tub like that have been cool oh i like that, that that's not a bad idea what would be the second least well, exactly what would be the second least favorite I personally i think it's the 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 snickers it's a dirty it's dirty oh yeah but i don't think a snickers in coconut i'm trying to imagine the flavor now <laughs> i don't know i mean even if it tasted disgusting at least you'd be like it'd be a, there's a new one yeah, yeah. there's a new well, one in there it probably tastes better than a bounty with the brussels sprouts <laughs> yeah yeah exactly alex what was what was your take on it well i like charlene's idea that would be a a kind of bounty and the snickers would be a snouty wouldn't it? Which is also <laughs> i'd love a snouty <laughs> a snouty sounds quite good um what do i think of it uh, I mean, like Charlene, I, I think there's a really lovely insight and idea here. And actually, I think the very best part of it, and I'm not trying to be uh, saying this for the sake of it, it, is the kind of ending where there is a there is a program, apparently, where you can return your unwanted bounty and they'll swap it for something else at the end. <laughs> That's that, right. that is really yep. cool. I, I think the trouble is it's it's the very fact it looks cheap. It's not very well put together. 
which is a shame because there's a really lovely idea. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> um, let's look at the Lidl ad. Uh, it was done by Kamarama, and it takes a tongue-in-cheek look at how a family might celebrate Christmas dinner, um, well, lunches, actually, now and decades into the future. So it starts off with the present day where everyone's enjoying a traditional Christmas dinner. It then moves several decades ahead when people are on the moon and then even further ahead when people live indefinitely. How's living in Spain, Uncle Gary? Amazing. We like it. At Little, we're big on quality and always little on price. And we mean always. Bingo. <laughs> How's living on the moon? Amazing. We like it. If there's a spare one going back, see? Bing. Let me take a picture. Oh, watch out with that thing. How's living forever? We like it. Okay, I thought you'd go. What was your view on this ad? Yeah, every year Little comes out, I don't really remember it, or it's never really one of the, you know, you look for LD, it's never a big one, but I actually really enjoyed it. And I thought it was a very simple idea uh, and it was quite well executed. So for me, I quite liked it. Yeah, I also liked it. If you look at it more than once, uh, mm. if you look at it over and over again, you see that, you know, that the Little jumper has been, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, it's changing. It's, yeah. it's quite funny. Um, the way they cut the turkey changes. Mm-hmm. There is a, a little bit more nuance to it, isn't it? Charlene, what was your take on it? This was my favourite. I think this is, it, I, I really like it. I mean, again, like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I would have done this or would have done that. But regardless, it was my, it's definitely like, it's, it's fun. It's not trying to do anything other than entertain. Um, and my first thought, just like the Boots handbag was, where can I get that jumper? Like, I'm really hoping that they're selling these sort of futuristic jumpers somewhere. Um, no, I just thought it was fun. It's not just not, it's not trying too hard. It's very simple. It's, it's actually executed very well. Not three minutes long. Not three minutes. Well, there you go. You don't need to do the three minutes long. If, you, if your idea is strong, you don't have to drag it out and stuff. And I think, yeah, little things I would have done differently, but that's the same with anyone, even probably the people that made it probably have some second thoughts about what they did. But yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's quite enjoyable. Alex, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I concur. I mean, I think it's you, it's a kind of thing that feels entirely right for the brand, which is kind of what you want, isn't it? Um, it, it differentiates it from the category and the competition. I think it's kind of charming. I mean, I'm not sure it's going to live terribly long in the memory, but there's there's nice moments. It's it's actually, as you say, if you look at it on repeat viewing, it's it's been carefully considered and there's nice moments throughout and, and the repetition of those things through the various millennia moving forward through time work very well so I, I would say hats off to um, Little in this respect I think they've done something that feels entirely right for who they are as a supermarket and it's nice to see something that's got a bit of wit in it and is a bit different absolutely Right, moving on to our final Christmas ad review for this episode. Disney, Imogen. So I guess this is the this is another three minute one, but for me it's probably out of all of them the one that actually makes more sense being three minutes long. Um, and it's a sequel to last year's their debut consumer uh, product spot Lola. 
Um, and the beauty of it is it sort of bears all the hallmarks of a short by Disney Pixar. So it takes a viewer on a journey of ups and downs. It's heightened by realistic animation and these lovable characters. But the premise of it is this blended family. It, it's called Stepdad. Uh, and it, and it, t- it tells the tale of Lola's granddaughter, Nicole, who was in the previous ad, and her two children as they welcome him into their home. Um, and it's all centered around the magic of reading together. And, and what I really loved about it is they have two things. I love the Easter egg effect that they do. So obviously they're bringing together four, you know, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel and Disney as one. And if you watch the ad, you get excited because you sort of spot these different sort of things coming up. Um, you see them doing like lightsabers and whatnot. Um, and also it had a great soundtrack, Gregory Porter, original track. It was really, really good. So for me, I really, really liked it. Enough to spare Cause love runs deeper Love runs deeper than words First page of a brand new beginning A new step that gonna find myself in it I know it's hard adjusting to the winds of change Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed watching it It didn't really feel like an ad It felt more like mm. one of those You know, whenever you watch a Pixar film You see those shorts up front It felt like a, a shortened version of them well, That's the that's the point Yeah mm. uh, yeah, I, I don't actually know what it, what it's trying to sell, but maybe it doesn't need to sell anything. You know, it's it's just sharing a special moment. Yeah. And, and 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 what I liked about it was that it, it kind of brings to life, you know, this whole idea of a blended family, which a lot of Christmas ads don't really tread yeah. in, into. And it, it's such a, a common part of modern day life. Mm-hmm. So I did like that aspect of it. Uh, Alex, what was your take? No, not for me. I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> I just think if this was developed by, I mean. This is Disney. This is Pixar. If this was developed by Pixar, it was developed by the Pixar B team. I mean, those Pixar shorts are incredible films, and, and this is not up there. This is nowhere near them in terms of quality and stuff. And why can't it be? Why can't they get the same people who've written some of those things? The standard of this should be something good enough that they could play before a film. There's no way they would choose to play this before a film. It's it's just there's none of the – there's no real st- – development in the story i don't think i I, and i agree i applaud the fact that it's a blended family and that is a good thing to see and it's done quite effortlessly as well um but it just doesn't really go anywhere i i get to the end of it and it's quite long i i had to really force myself to watch it to the end and i'm not left really thinking anything i'm not particularly moved i listen gregory porter's got a a voice that is a chocolate in the form of uh song so i mean that's always good to hear but um no not for me fair enough fair enough uh charlene what did you think it's hard to compare it against the other ones really because they're all trying to flog flog some some goods and stuff um you don't really watch it as an ad you watch it as like a pixar short and you sort of accept it in that sort of sense and stuff like naturally everything pixar is amazing uh, so it's like they just have a really clever and smart and um, empathetic way to sort of reach people like there's just the, all the nuances of sort of their the, the, what they do best and storytelling and stuff is just yeah it's just lovely um yeah I just I just it's just almost in its own little bracket rather than um with Lidl and <laughs> John Lewis you know yeah it, it, yeah it definitely didn't feel like an ad or, or a typical ad well one final question for everybody what has been your favourite Christmas ad this year and what is your favourite Christmas ad 
of all time. Okay. Let's start off with you, Imogen. I can't decide. I've been sat here thinking I should have probably thought about this before coming on the podcast. Uh, but it's a very difficult one. And I feel like I changed throughout the day and throughout <laughs> the week, to be honest. But I'm going to stand by Disney. I know that obviously it's not everyone's cup of tea, but um, I mean, they are selling like their animation. And, and I really, really liked it. I really did feel the story. Um, so I'm going to stick with that and say that Disney was probably my favorite at this point in this t- day. Uh, but maybe ask me and Hofner and I might change. Uh, but also favorite ad of all time. Joa, you know I loved the Iron Brew um, take um, on, uh, what's it called? Uh, snowman. The Snowman. I, yeah. I just thought that that was just such a, that's my kind of ad. Something that's a bit dark. You know, the fact he like took, <laughs> let go of his hand and let him fall. Um, for me, I just think that's quite a funny. I mean, Iron Brew just do some of the best ads possible. So, yeah. Absolutely. Charlene? Uh, I think, well, Lidl for me this year, but my favourite Christmas ad that I remember and I watched recently and then maybe had second thoughts was uh, the Pot Noodle one. It's like an animation and it's called Pot Noeldle. And I remember watching it all way back then and just thinking, oh, it's really funny. It's really good. I really love it. And I watched it recently. And I was like, oh my God, maybe this is a bit offensive. Uh, but I still like it. But it might be a bit offensive, but I still like it. <laughs> it might be offensive. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> Alex. I think of the batch that have been done this year, I, I think John Lewis is the is the best. Um, favourite ad of all time. I mean, it, I think two of my favourite Christmas spots are, uh, again, one from Adam and Eve. I thought the Harvey Nichols, sorry I spent it on myself, is, is good. And I... I really love the work we did with Jeff Goldblum for Curries. And, and, and the reason I like them is because they, they tried to do something different. They used comedy and they, appro- and they subverted Christmas, both of them, to a degree. So there was a movement against sentimentality and emotion because John Lewis kind of owned that. So you need to do something different. And, that, and that's what we as an industry need to understand. I, I do, as I said, to repeat, I do think we've got kind of complacent. We've got into this idea that this is a moment in the calendar. It's the Christmas ad moment. And and we've forgotten that we have to earn that moment. So we need to kind of do more, I think. So I would say this is a, as a rallying call to all of us is let's try and do some different things. Let's try and explore comedy. Let's try and do things that subvert Christmas. Let's not just try and do the same thing that everyone else is doing with a slightly different twist. It's It's interesting, the references that you gave, you know, Boots is a bit like Mary Poppins and uh, M&S is a bit like Night at the Museum and John Lewis is a little bit like E.T. and Stranger Things. They shouldn't be like things. We need to do original things, not copy things. And I think that's, that's, the, that's the kind of thing that I'd like to kind of close on. That's a fantastic note and rallying call for the industry to end this episode of the Campaign Podcast. Thank you so much, Alex, Charlene and Imogen for joining us today. Also, a massive thank you to our producer, Lindsay Riley from Rethink Audio. If you'd like to stay on top of all of the Christmas ads and there are still more to come, please do visit our website, campaignlive.co.uk and subscribe to our newsletters. Thank you once again for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. On behalf of the campaign team, until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.